0: A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. Enthusiasms. Enthusiasms.
1: What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy?
2: Dames. (laughs) Baseball.
1: Alrighty guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Thank you for joining me once again. I will be joined today by two mics: Michael Simeone, the SP streamer himself, and Mike Curland, host of the Base Loaded Pod, amongst many other things. These two guys are constantly grinding and putting out content pretty much daily. Um, So if you're not following these guys on Twitter or listening to their podcast, I suggest you highly do so. So, we'll get into that. We're going to get into a segment called Three Up, Three Down. We're just going to be looking at specific spots um, in the ADP according to the NFBC draft champion data that we have available. We were going off of about a sample of 20 drafts so far and just picked pockets of ADP and we discussed three guys that were in on and three guys that were down on, as in a look as what the market is right now we're not necessarily forecasting what the market may do come draft time but if you're drafting right now it was a look at trying to capture players that maybe we thought might be moving up so if you want to grab shares of them now um and just players that we're just really not in on because of their draft price and skills Once again, I just wanted to thank everyone for the continued listenership and the following of the Pull Hitter Podcast and myself on Twitter. Truly blessed and grateful to hear that people are benefiting from the podcast and listening to them. So really, truly, thank you everyone for listening, for rating and reviewing and following, all that good stuff. Um, Truly motivates me to keep it going, keep the content fresh and... the content strong keep bringing on some solid guests that can provide some additional insights maybe some things you never heard before some angles we're not even thinking of so again truly blessed thank you guys so much and if you haven't already done so be really awesome if you could head to apple podcast or wherever you can leave a rating and review and uh, throw out some kind words for me that would be great if not keep listening I got stickers available, die-cut stickers, I have squares, I have the shape of the pull hitter. If you're interested, DM me on Twitter. I'm sending it out for free. Free stickers for everyone. You can slap them on your laptop. You can slap it on your coffee mug. Whatever you whatever you want to do. Wherever you want to put it, wherever it makes you happy. And I also have some magnets, some kitchen, uh, some refrigerator magnets. Um, available, too, for very small cost. So if you want to hit me up on Twitter, at Dead Hitter, um throw me a DM, and I'll send you some stickers. Just give me your address, and I'll send them to you. No questions asked. So we're done with that. We're going to bring on Mike and Mike, and we're going to get talking about some fantasy baseball. All righty, boys. Welcome back to the Pole Hitter Podcast. I'm here with the real Mike and Mike. Mike Curlin, Mike Simeone, how you guys doing tonight? You guys need no introduction. I know Doug comes with the hard introduction, but everyone knows who you guys are.
2: <laughs> Doug's just an overachiever.
0: Well, oh. the thing about Doug, the thing about Doug is he really does set the, set the bar these days, and there is no comparing, no competing. Nope. He, yeah, he, you can follow right. him on Twitter at Coaching-ish. Don't worry <laughs> about us, but
1: yeah. <laughs> follow Doug. I um, he you're right. He set the bar so far, so high, that I I'm, I just – totally like why am I even gonna try I'm not gonna be as good as him so <laughs> we all do that I host the podcast too and you know what I, I I'm like hey welcome in and here we go <laughs> yeah. yeah so um for my listeners who may not follow you guys or you know follow your work why don't you guys just give a quick quick introduction and tell you guys um tell everyone what you're working on and what you're looking to do in this fantasy season well, Mike, you can wait. I'll go first.
0: Okay. Can... <laughs> oh, goodness. It's going to be fun. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin, host of the Bases Loaded podcast. Um, really just kind of writing for Rotoballer right now, writing a little bit for Simeon over here, who's part of the show, part of his draft kit and all that. I'll let him introduce that. Mr. SP Streamer himself. Go for it, buddy.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm Michael Simeone. My, uh, you follow me on Twitter at SP Streamer. Uh, I write for Rotographs, and uh, I also run my own website, kind of like what Mike mentioned. Uh, we got a draft kit coming out in February, and Mike is part of it, although maybe <laughs> I'm regretting that.
0: And uh, <laughs> every day, I make you regret it every day when you yes, ask you where, do. I'm, where I'm at with it. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know. and I also have a podcast called
1: SP Streamer Podcast. Real original. Yes. <laughs> fantastic all right so um tell me i want to talk about i always talk to my guests about like you know when they grew up how they got into sports or baseball or you know your athletic history so tell me when you know when you guys fell in love with baseball mike um well i was into it when i
2: was a little kid and then i kind of got away from it and i got more into football but then i really got back into it um Because I had like a I had like a health issue at one point and it happened to be when the Mets were making a run in the playoffs and it kind of like helps me get through that. So that's when I kind of fell in love with it again. And um, that's how I started to really like, I guess, you know, watch it every day and become more of a
1: diehard Mets fan again. That um that article um on your website a good minute chills bro yeah thank you I'm just like yeah no that one that one got me you know (laughs) that was good that was good stuff awesome. Yeah, Mike, I don't.
0: I, I wish I didn't have to follow that. I don't have anything nearly as uh, near and dear <laughs> to my heart. I was actually a terrible fan up until about three to five years ago. I was really not the best fan for baseball. I grew up playing it though. I was more of like the kid that wanted to play. I played it all the way up until high school, then I quit. Just and honestly, I quit because I was lazy. <laughs> Shocker, Mike. <laughs> what, but a fun a fun thing is I went to high school with JD Martinez, and he graduated two years ahead of me. I, was, I, I did have a chance to share a, a weight room with him, but obviously. He uh, <laughs> he it's like made the eighth it far- time I've heard the story. <laughs> yes, uh, everybody's had a story. But I, I managed. To, that's my claim to
1: fame, buddy. All right. But um, yeah. he had more substances in his locker. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, I <laughs>
0: Wasn't going there. Accusations but, there. Yes. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. Be, but Everyone thing, did it. My thing was is um, I played baseball growing up. I wasn't really like a great fan, and then. I, once I was out of like, once I was done with high school and I was just kind of trying to get into fantasy sports, I'm like, this is like the next best thing I was playing adult softball leagues. And I was just like, I got to do something with sports. And it kind of led me into listening to podcasts. you know, I just wanted to produce content because I found myself arguing like with nobody. Like I'd sit there and like not agree with what I was listening to on podcasts. And because of that, I was like, you know what, that's a great way to get started. And now a couple years later, here I am talking fancy sports all the time becoming a better fan but i really was a terrible fan up until a few years ago
1: right and i think that's a good point you made like you know you felt like you were arguing with no one it's a great thing about twitter you know i I forgot (laughs) what media and i heard but he was saying how like you know when he was growing up and he was driving in the car he was listening to mike and mike or talk show and he just like these guys are idiots you know just screaming at your car but like now you can actually tell someone that <laughs> yeah. like you know like they're like hey you know you don't know what you're talking about you know so it's um totally different world um, i get told that every day so it's okay <laughs> on twitter at, at home my wife is very
0: uh, very very kind to, and reminding me of that It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a sad life <laughs> I, lo- I love my life I, my, my, my my kids make up for it <laughs> they don't know any better yet <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, anyway, so what
1: when did, um, what is your favorite baseball moment? Like watching know. it, playing it. You guys have like something that stands out to you. Me was when Piazza hit the homer for the Mets after 9-11 yeah that Uh, I was gonna say that right you Um, know that's just that one that (laughs) classic Mets yeah yeah (laughs) I mean the
2: other one for me is the same year where I kind of fell in love with baseball again was the N.D. Chavez catch right and uh then LCS I mean we ended up losing but (laughs) (laughs) that catch was just like an insane moment and uh I don't know why I always remember that
1: well yeah because you can always like zoom in in your head on that on the glove just like pinging back man (laughs) it was just like crazy it was really crazy I had a friend
2: who who was there and he said that it felt like the stadium was literally gonna like fall apart like when that happened because everybody was just going crazy so the whole floor was like vibrating
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a crazy
2: awesome moment yeah see
0: that's... i don't again bad fan but as a fan of the sport there were i i'm gonna cheat here because there's a couple that really stand out one is that jose bautista bat flip game five of the alds mm. you know, taking that lead in the seventh you mm. watched the replay and just as a fan of the sport you could feel what the fans were feeling there you could feel it through the screen and there's not a lot of moments that i can recall at least again at as a newer fan that really was like, wow, I could feel that, you know, that's awesome. And then the whole Sammy Sosa running the outfit with the flag in his hand, it wow. goes back to nine eleven. That was mm-hmm. the one that as a kid, I remember, cause again, I watched a little bit. So that was like, I remember watching that and just the home run races as, as in general, like that was kind of like the big juice, you know, juice, not a juice ball, but the juice balls. I don't know how this works. Like they, they were taking their own substances back then, but this is back when the home run races were fun to watch as a kid. You're like, who's going to like the race to 60, the race to whatever. And then just saying we're supposed to running the field after 9-11 was, like, pretty pretty entertaining. So, I cheated. I gave you a couple, but those are just ones that stick out to me. And, again, I'm just a bad fan. If I, if I wanted to cheat, I'll just say game six of the Marlins World Series when Beckett was pitching. I mean, that's always fun. Uh, watching,
1: you know, the Yankees, watching the Yankees lose is great. I, that was – I remember where I was. I was, like, in uh, someone's, like, college dorm watching this game. And I just remember feeling so amped up that, you know, Beckett was lights out in that whole series, man, it was, I remember that. And, and, and I'm not like, um, being a Mets fan, I'm not a huge, like, I don't like, I try not to say I hate this team or I hate this guy. Just like, I'm a very neutral fan. Like, and I'm from New York. I went to a lot of Yankee games growing up. I was like, my brother would take me and I would like make believe I'm some like angry Yankee fan, you know, like I would just like, you know, do something funny. But, um, I, you know, I just remember like that was one of the biggest moments like anti like yankee moments like rooting against them just because of the situation you know you had this young stud pitcher just putting down like you know the bronx bombers it was it was it was, it was sick you say yeah Beckett, yeah you had wow. the
0: uh, the marlins were the lowest payroll
1: and the yankees were the highest i think that was like the big thing too and right it was and a lot of fun the rent um base hit right um, stuff, yeah. but Renteria was one of the most clutch players, uh, you know, I remember watching. He he was always a gamer. Um, Edgar Renteria, where are you now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start playing fantasy, Mike? To me, on tell me first. Um,
2: I can't remember the year, it was high school. I started playing fantasy, and uh, yeah, it was just a home league, a bunch of my friends were doing it, so I was like, why not?
1: i've been doing it ever since if you can go back and 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 tell you know young mike something right now what would you tell him um i don't know <laughs> <laughs> in, in,
2: invent <laughs> invent some analytics <laughs> yeah, hey, there you go that's a
1: great answer That's exactly what i'm looking for mike what about you when did you start playing
0: fantasy it's been about a, I mean, I'm not old by any means, but it feels like it's been about 10 years or so, man. And it was a CBS league, $20 league. I won't forget it. And uh, it was crazy because back then, like 20 bucks I was like, oh man, I like super serious at 20 or $50 league. And that's kind of where it just started points leagues. And it's like, I've completely changed and everything since then it has been great. It's been so much fun to kind of just watch how the game has grown. Right. All different ways to play it. Right and the stats have gone into it and the amount of analysis right and i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that question of uh what i wish i could have told myself was get on social media podcast then because like we're all we're we're all catching up now but imagine if we had like back then was the boom and we could have been a part of it now we're just like i mean don't get wrong it's still a welcoming community but it's just it's it's people
1: are joining it left and right it's to make hop a on that next yeah. thing that next pod whatever the next podcast is whatever that next wave is you know live streaming be, is what it's like, been lately right yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure something will come along and you know you guys are working your ass off so i'm sure you guys are gonna get your hands and and something before everyone else does eh, maybe <laughs> so we're in a best ball draft right now in the bubba um uh, best ball um analyst draft um how do you guys have you guys been paying attention to the draft, or are you just auto-picking?
0: <laughs> no yeah uh, somewhat yes <laughs> yeah. so I, I well you're actually on the you're actually on the clock right now. am I yes you are oh, and're uh, so, and the we're in the, we're in the oh, 39th shit. round we're in the 39th round for what it's worth oh, um, I really, like, obviously I got to, it was to a point where I felt the need to get somebody on my podcast to not only do one a base, a best ball one on one. And Brian Seymour, but uh, somebody who could also teach me a thing or two while I'm drafting. And uh, it was what, what's fun for me about it was it's a new format. And after playing for again going on a decade now, being such a longtime player in general, like I'm always interested in trying new formats. So I found it interesting because it took points formats, but then it took the aspect of drafting, which I feel like drafting has become my strength over the years. Finally, after being after really being bad at it for a long time, so I think I'm sorry what.
1: Oh, I said, interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah.
0: So I, I, so I really enjoyed the idea of this. And then I just kind of wanted to have fun with this one. So I took a lot of upside guys, a lot of injury-prone guys, players I probably wouldn't normally take, like Gavin Lux, not a huge young Lux guy. And th- this was before the news of him possibly starting was out. Guys like uh, Luke Voigt with his injury potential, uh, Jordan, Jordan Alvarez, who, we, who I've actually been vocal about being kind of against this year because of the knees. But I was like, I'm going to have some fun with it. And this kind of, and it's, again, it was kind of a very boomer bust thing, but there's just the most intriguing part was just the different strategy I had to employ. Cause that's like, that's 90% of it. If you can kind of figure out a good strategy to attack these with, I think you can come out with a good team and really be competitive.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's definitely um, something that when I started getting into to it, I was like, okay, so this is a, whole, you know, a whole different strategy, you know, than Lodo. Um But <laughs> it's it's it, it, once we're getting into the deeper round you know like when right now just took jb wendelkin jesus christ um <laughs> Who? No. i don't know i'm speculating on the you know oakland closer um yeah um you know hopefully yeah he steps into it um i didn't take a single relief pitcher, by the way no not no not one huh not one
0: Interesting. i haven't yet either
1: yeah yeah i mean, so, I mean the is almost over <laughs> Pointed the point you know yeah, we still right. got
2: 10 rounds right
1: yeah yeah um yeah i don't know i um <sighs> running out of starters though like i took
0: edward cabrera for what it's worth like that's where we're at i'm taking a guy i'm speculating coming up towards the second half
1: maybe even the later end of the season like
0: that's where yeah, spe- like, maybe I, I'm probably better off taking a relief pitcher there. You're that's right.
1: something I'm not doing. No, at, at all. I'm not speculating mid season call-ups. I'd, I'd rather yeah. take an old washed up arm like miles Mikolas mm-hmm. than anybody who might not even play for you because that's just, that's just a lost game yeah. right there. You know, you just wait, I, you know, I, I, agree, yeah, I feel like at this stupid. point, you're
2: literally mm-hmm. just looking for anyone who's definitely going to get you innings or applying
0: to. I took, I took mad bum and you know, I'm very anti mad bum just like you are Mike. And it's Cause he sucks. He does. Right, because just, but he gives you, you know, innings.
1: Right. And just the just all you have to do is give you maybe three or four weeks where, you know, he get into your lineup, you know, and that's that's all you could really ask for, like where you picked him, you know.
0: Oh, so yeah. I was say, let's see, where did I get him? I have it in front of me because I know I was it was pick two ninety six. Like at that point, give me some innings. I took Anthony Discafani at four twenty five. I'll take a shot on him because you know he's gonna get some innings. Mike Fires, 377. That's funny because I think I would actually flip flop those two guys. That I yeah. Remember, well, <laughs> I, don't know funny, how, like... I didn't realize Tony Disco was still there when I saw him there. I was like, okay, that's innings. And this is, we were at a point in a draft where I didn't expect to find any because starting pitchers get pushed up a lot in these drafts. You know what? One thing I that don't I, think
2: Disco Fania has a uh, spot the rotation, though.
0: Is that what it is? It's, yeah. it's well, I mean, costly.
2: honestly, actually, he'll be there because Alex Wood is taking up a spot. You know, he's not going to make it through the season. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, but he would never he would never get in the way of Lorenzen, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> Mr. Lorenzen,
1: I know he's hot right now. Well, Mike's hot for him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's dive into this. We're gonna do a three-up, three-down segment. We're gonna go through some ADP um, price points, and we're just gonna give some players that we're uh, in on right now, like in the as the market is right now, in the uh, according to the NFBC um, draft champions, ADP um, about twenty leagues that off of what we're looking at. So, um, first one we're gonna start with is the up. The player you. Um, in on right now, an um, ADP range from one to 75. So um, whoever wants to go first, shout it out and do your thing.
2: Are you pointing
1: to me, Mike? Because <laughs> on my
2: screen, you're pointing to- If anyone to, can't see. You're pointing oh. to my desk on my screen.
0: Oh, see so on my screen, uh, I'm pointing to your face. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll start.
2: <laughs> I, I went with Brandon Woodruff. And uh, where he's being taken, I mean personally, I've I've been toying with my rankings as of late, and I actually pushed him to my top a top ten SP for me. Um, and the main reason is because it's was it's really hard for me to find any flaw with him. Um, he increased his strikeout rate. He's elite at inducing weak contact. We wanted him to add the third pitch, which he did with the changeup, and it's been really good. And if you combine his 2019 and 2020, he's top seven FIP and NK walk percentage. So he's basically hitting every mark. Um, and it's really tough to, you know, like I said, poke a hole in, in what he brings to the table. Um and and I think it's really good too that one of his that he has really two good fastballs too. So I feel like if you have an elite fastball with a changeup, then you know he's got that like uh sinker to kind of that has a little bit of movement as well to throw hitters off so again i just feel like he's being a little uh undervalued right now
0: i'm just waiting for you to say i was right about him that's all i'm just waiting for that that kudos for last year come on give me you know you and i didn't agree on him last year i was right i made sp streamer look bad for one no i'm kidding (laughs) i was just higher on than you it's not that you were awful. i just want to give you a hard time but the first guy here that I'm up on is – I don't understand, so please tell me if I'm missing something. I know Starling Marte had a peaky – that little mini pinky injury because he got hit by a pitch in the playoffs whatnot. He should be fine. He's going to be setting the table for the Marlins, and that's who my guy is. He's going about 50th overall, and it makes no sense. He's coming off a season where he still put up six home runs, 10 stolen bases, a 280 batting average. You are literally getting the the stats you want from a player – and he he dropped an ADP for no reason. Like, I remember, was it Todd Zola and TGFBI I took him 13th overall or something last year? Yeah. And this is the same guy that, on average, was going mid to late second, early third because he offers you that speed component. And I don't understand what changed that he dropped an ADP. There's nothing that I could see. He tailed off a little bit towards the end of last year because he like increases launch average launch and goes all the way up and everything kind of came down with it almost like he was pushing for power but it was weird other than that i mean he was still still on bases with the marlins i think he was 5 5 uh, 5 for 5 on sole bases with the marlins so you know he's going to run he the power might drop a little bit but i don't know other than other than 2017 he's given you 130 games just about every year and yes that's not a lot obviously there's some injury baked in but with 130 games, he's always gotten the job done, giving you close to 20 home runs or, or better, giving you at least 20 stone bases or better. So you're getting a 2020 guy or close to, and you're getting him at a, a discount for no reason after coming off a of year where he performed to justify his draft price.
1: I totally did i miss agree. something no did I miss no something? Uh, I, like, yo, I because I this it. is a guy this is a guy constantly focused on starting my teams with and the last three years he's been a consistent building block and in in early rounds you know and um last year you know in the way i have my player evaluation system like incorporating the um the bab system and like even even without being like a power asset you know just like You know, your general, like, he'll help you. Like, he's not going to hurt you. He's not a zero. Exactly. Not a zero, but the speed and the hit tool is elite. You know, um, he's never to hit point. under
0: 275. I think oh, okay, outside of 2012, which was his rookie year, if you want to call it that, 47 yeah. games he hit. He's hit 275 or better every year except for that year. He's had got yeah. 20 stone bases every year right. except for 2017. He's sorry, it's been 25 or more every year except for 2017, where he got 21 in just 77 games. So again the speed hasn't really tailed off either. So I don't understand what's where the discounts coming from. I'm gonna take it, but I expect him to jump back to the third round before this, when we get into big-time draft
1: season. I expect that, too. But, um, I think people are hinging on the – this is the only thing I can think of is they're hinging on the, oh, well, he's going to be 32, and that's when speed starts to tail off, and they're anticipating the speed tail off. But um, I don't even, know. Even uh,
0: if he gives you 17 compared to his usual 20, that's right. still I a mean, you considering
1: right? what you need. How many guys, you know, are projected for 15, 15 year. I think I on Steamer, it was like, you know, you know, in the mid-20s, you know? Yes, uh, Steamer, not Steamer not has
0: him. Steamer has him twenty twenty two right now. Twenty home runs, twenty two stolen bases, two sixty eight batting average. Which yeah, again, dude, and the batting average doesn't soft. make sense.
1: Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense at all. They, they, uh, they, I don't have, think so. they
0: have him for a career low BABIP in a bigger park. Yeah, <laughs> it makes okay. That part doesn't make sense, but the rest does. Right. So I'm in. I'm very much in on Steamer Marte. I
1: love it. I love it. Um, yeah, like I said, main building block for many of years for me. I'm going with. To Oscar um, I don't think he's like uh Gonna take like the leap To 55 homers per se But I feel like we were all waiting for him To take this step And I feel like a lot of people are showing some trepidation Like if they should go further In trusting him Or you know Oh this ADP is too high He's right now He's at ADP 68 You know He's gone to t- um at 49 and as late as 82, um, you know, obviously the Statcast cast stuff is off the charts, you know, um, the max EV is at 115.9. Um, elite exit velocity on fly balls and line drive. Uh, the K's even brought down a little bit. Um, Stop swinging at first pitches, you know, um, lefty, righty, it doesn't matter. He smashed them both. And what I really was liking is that he improved his, his launch angle tightness, um, you know, we saw him go from like, uh, let's see, what I have here. Um, he, so I was on EV Analytics, which is Derek Cardi. He he has his um, Statcast um, figures on there. You can see like percentages and and raw numbers, and he has. Um, A sortable category which is the amount of time the percentages that you hit your balls in the launch angle range of 38 degrees and above which is like a severe uppercut and he brought that down from 21 to 15 percent and I feel like if he could just maintain that 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 zone that you know that lane that you know 45 homers is like right up you know right right in the bag for him and I just feel like maybe um a lot of people are just hesitant into maybe you know bring him up a little more um if they believe them like I was a big believer in him last year and even at first I was when I kind of started look, looking at draft prep I'm like you know why am I why am I shying away from him you know like in my brain I think we're all like we want to like take that you know the the blow up year with a little caution and um take it with a grain of salt but I mean, to me, like every time I look at him, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to believe. And um, I just think he's such a solid, you know, pick for where he's going right now. And what I think
2: what's think. hard about him is um, we're looking at such a small sample and he is at – he is 28. So, um, you know, it, it just kind of makes me think of – not I mean, he's younger, but, like, what if it was a two-month hot streak, kind of like what Bell did a couple of years back? Um, so I think that's probably why it's a little hard for some people to buy into him. But um I don't know if if either of you listened to Rates and Barrels latest episode. I thought it was pretty interesting, uh, because they brought him up.
0: I did and, not get a chance okay, to Okay.
2: So yet. so they brought him up and um uh Eno actually said that more times than not when a player hits, you know, when a player hits their um I guess when they have a breakout late later in I want to say later in life, but it's really not later, later in their career, I guess. Um, that it's really just them peaking. So he's at this point because this is the best he's ever going to be. And usually when that happens, that means they fall quickly. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm not saying that he's not going to be good this year. He definitely can be, but he's a little scary because Eno know, brings up a good just point. Is any short sample, like
1: in just this year or just his career in general? like you know, No.
2: So, so he says, he was saying that when, when a player breaks out at a later age, like 20, 29, 30, it's usually just them peaking. So when they, when they weren't like great before that, now they're peaking. So they're good, but this is as, Good as they're going to be and it's that's only certainly. going to last like a two year, yeah it's only going to last like probably a two-year span Except and then he's going to go back to what he was
1: because he's not right like well i'm not talking about a right. dynasty league and you know, i'm talking about no i know
2: no no, no no but the first I'm, thing you I, mentioned i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just bringing it up no like no that's... what he was talking about i, I found like it interesting about any player right. um and as well as chasco her, hernandez because my thinking is if he has a great season this year i know we're talking i mean I know we're talking about 2021, but if he has a great season in 2021, I think going into next year, I'm actually going to be a little afraid of him because what if he ends up, you know, falling back from that peak? I just thought it was interesting, I so I figured and I'd bring it something up. else yeah.
0: about Teoscar, you mentioned swing path, uh, consistency, all that. He actually did make it. He was one of those guys that tweaked his mechanics a little bit, had a change to his stance as well. Mm-hmm. So usually I'm big on finding stuff like that, and if there's results that follow those tangible changes, I tend to buy in a little more. With that said, I'm still curious where he's going to bat in that lineup. If they add, um, there's, there's rumors they're going after Kim, they're going after all the uh, other players. So, does he fall in the lineup? Does Vlad surpass him? Does he actually sit in the middle of the lineup before, and then Vlad has to earn his way up? So, there's like not that batting sixth in that lineup would be bad, but it's obviously just worse than batting third, fourth, or fifth. And that's just less opportunity for in terms of at bats and RBIs and runs. So that stuff does play a little bit of a part. I'm, I'm just more scared of big-time breakouts in a short sample. I am. I mean, I like him. I actually buy into him to a point. I'm just afraid to pay the premium, and he's going to burn us because the, tra- the larger track record says the batting average won't be sustainable. The power and speed is very real, though, and that's kind of what we target in these drafts, especially early on. So right. I'm I'm really torn <clears throat> on him. That's that's, a, that's my long-winded way of saying I'm super torn. The price kind of scares me, but I think it's one of those I'll dip my toe in the water, grab a share here and there, just so I don't miss out, but not somebody I'm, like, actively targeting, personally.
1: Well, right now, like, I'm playing the ADP right now because I expect it to go higher. Like, once we get past all the regency buys of some of the guys going ahead of him, mm-hmm. um, I feel like he's going to bubble up a little bit. And, like, drafting right now, probably, Take if advantage. I want... Take Yeah, I, that's why I feel like right now, um, looking at the market right now, I would probably want to take if I want any shares of him now. Is probably the time because I feel like <clears throat> there's a good amount of guys above him that are gonna that he's gonna um, roll past once we get heavy into draft season. So, um, Mr. Simeone, why don't you give us the next up player? This is gonna be in the range of ADP 150 to
2: 225. So uh, he didn't have the best. Season in 2020, but as uh, the more and more I look into him, the more and more I'm starting to really like him, and that's Aaron Savalle. um and that's just because he really made a pitch mix change where he started going to his breaking balls more, just like every Cleveland Indians pitcher. Um, what What happened in 2020 was he lost command of his sinker and he left over the heart of the plate way too much. But overall, Savali actually has really good command. He finished with a command plus of 106, which is above average. So I feel like he will probably be able to fix that issue. And if he does, then maybe – you know, I don't think he's going to replicate 2019, but he looks like he could be a mid-three ERA type guy with a high strikeout potential. And, again, bringing up what the Indians do with their pitchers, he also goes deep into games – he had the 6 months innings pitch. He was 12th in innings pitch per game and 7th in pitches per game. So even if he doesn't give you really good stats, at least um, – I mean ratios, at least he's going to give you a lot of counting stats because he's going to be pitching a lot, so he's going to get you those strikeouts. And, um, you know, players tend to be a little more valuable when they do that. So right now I'm really liking Aaron Savali this year.
1: Mm. You got me a <laughs> You got me, you're gonna get me to do and it. You can't say anything, tonight. Mike,
2: because you liked him coming into 2020 and did not have a good season. So don't give me that look.
1: He didn't
0: have a bad year, though, all things he considered. He over a four year. He gave you the innings, he gave you wins. He gave meh. you, he, yeah, meh. It's fine. I liked him. Maybe fine. Was I here early? It doesn't mean I don't like him this year. It doesn't mean I'm any more off of him. You're just mad because I was in before you were. Anyway, my next guy, Nick Solak of the Texas Rangers, just got a little bit of lineup help with Nate Lowe being traded over there. But Nick Soldak's a guy that I'm expecting to jump up draft boards because as we see him settle into – I know there's rumors of him having to earn the second base spot or there might be a chance that he doesn't get a starting spot. I don't see it happening. Right now he's coming into the season already with dual position eligibility, second base and outfield, second base being kind of like a rough position as it is. But you look at some of the things he changed in 2020 and it's interesting. He was a little more aggressive. His first pitch strike percentage went up, along with it went up with the O-swing. So he showed that that yeah, a little more aggression, but the O swing, even though he added to it and was a little more aggressive, he, it was still just a below or just better than league average. But the promising part is his O contact went up as well, so he was swinging at more pitches outside the zone, made more contact doesn't necessarily mean that's good contact, but at least he's making contact versus whiffing, and more po- more positive changes were the contact rate overall went up and the, the z contact, so the pitches he swung at in the zone as well also went up fantastic things you want to see and then again we mentioned speed being such a premium you're getting a guy who stole seven bases on a team that showed a willingness to run last year an improvement in overall plate discipline and you know there's some power there i'm not gonna say he's like a, he's gonna be he might push for 20 he might be like what we he might be pretty much Kevin biggio without the price tag i
1: think so because nice. I mean, that would the, be the, that, that the would be a huge value yeah you have
0: to think about it though because with Kevin biggio you're hoping for what 20 stolen bases or or so you might get 20 home runs but it's tough cuz he's not a power hitter. He just generates power with his approach and he's going to hit for 220. <laughs> I mean, i mean, that's a little obviously that's a little I, low. But can we like address that? I don't understand why people like him well, so much. Well, we can I think it's the power speed combination, the the top of the line. I don't even see well, the power. The- it's because told. Yeah, the power's not there. He generates it by being such a pull-ball hitter, fly-ball hitter. He generates power. Good home ballpark. Good ballpark's in that division. I can understand the power potential, but I'm with you. I I think he's way overpriced. Yeah, I feel like you
2: find a lot of 2020 potential guys after him.
0: And Nick Solak, same position. And I I think Nick Solak – and we've seen it. Look, double-A with the Rays, 20 home runs. Triple-A – if you add up 2019 between the Rangers and Rays, you get – 27 home runs like or sorry and the rangers uh, wow he actually had more i didn't even I can't i can't count 32 total home runs in 2019 obviously there's some juice ball in there and all that so take that away he's still a 15 to 20 home run guy because if you look at his uh, if you look at his advanced stats they're above average in terms of hard hit rate and all that so i think there's 20 home run pop on it again the rangers are a team that like to steal and he had seven stolen bases last year i don't see them not stealing this year and he should hit top six in that lineup so again, he is a Kevin
1: Vigio without the price
0: tag, in my opinion. Right, I think the, he doesn't walk as much. I
1: should say sorry. Right. <laughs> no, I I I get the whole skill comp. I think I think the big I think the big value difference, like when you're looking in a roto league, um, is just the possibility of. Um, Biggio lapping him you know with runs plus RBIs you know um, they are categories and being part of a good offense it helps that and I think that's probably just the biggest driver of him being you know boosted that far ahead of Solak yeah High walk but, rate, too, so you know he'll be on base. Yeah,
0: but, but then you look, you look at Solak, I guess, and that goes back to his added aggression. It came out of the walk rate, unfortunately, because he actually was, in his small sample in the major leagues, 11% walk rate guy. In 2019, in AAA, A was also 11%. Has shown 12%, 13 10% as well in the minor leagues. So Solak ha- can walk. It's just a matter of what approaches he take? Does he fall back on a more patient approach? Does he kind of remain more aggressive? Was he more aggressive, just trying to push in a shortened season? Who knows? There's a lot of questions we don't know, but I do think that at this price tag, it's worth the gamble. He's going at 174 on average with a What's high pick.
1: Pro- What's his projected um, lineup spot right now, Mike? Do you, do you know
0: that? <laughs> I'll pull, I could pull it For up. Sure? I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. I know it's top. It has to be top six. But he jumped around a lot, and around, he was, yeah, and he was a he was a he was a platoon guy. Five. <clears throat> Yeah, but the thing is that he's a platoon guy. So, versus righties, he and last year he only hit 246 against them. Against lefties, he hit 313. So, you would see him routinely jump top two against lefties, five or six against righties. So, you'll see him move up and down the lineup. But I believe there was times where he was just doing so well, they left him up at the top of the lineup. That team, obviously, if he gets going, he's going to stick wherever he does well. But I think you'll see him bounce around initially at first and then kind of settle. He's always going to be a top five, top six hitter, though.
1: Yeah, they hope so. You know, you hope that he doesn't start getting platooned too much because that just once you start losing the volume, then that's just definitely a driver. He played against. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, he played again He played
0: against both sides of the ball. It well, was just yeah, a matter yeah, of where. Great. It's a matter of like, where he hit in the lineup. So yeah. he. I should. I want to make sure I make that very clear that he played pretty much every day. Yeah. It was just a matter of where he hit in the lineup any given day, depending on the matchup.
2: Yeah, so right. I mean, if you go to roster resource and looks at, look at the lineup trackers, uh, I mean, Mike's right. Like he hit fifth third second (laughs) Mm -hmm. second fifth second second
1: third fifth fifth third 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 oh i'm
0: sorry i was a lineup you know i kind of followed lineups for a long time last year so and it's kind of something i maybe a testament
1: to his versatility too right like he could be like different types of hitters maybe yeah what the rangers think of him too like they can plug and play him at any spot in the lineup and he can you know uh act like that type of you know the guy where you know what kind of production you need in that spot
0: it's funny though, because his power, like he's hit in his career so far. Again, very small sample. He's had, he has more home runs against righties and lefties, but it's also more games and more at bats against right. righties. But right. still, he's, he's not a bad hitter. He still has a career 256 batting average against righties. So the guy, it's not like he can't hit righties. It's not like he's a, he's gonna, he actually could improve against righties. But the fact that his, I feel like his floor is 250 against righties and he's hitting over 300 in his career against lefties. I think there's growth there coming on the right versus righties probably. Or and if not, I think this is still good enough to play to a two sixty batting average with a little bit of power
1: and some speed right and that's a good thing you know um you know it's something that sounds pretty obvious, but you know when you're looking at stuff like that definitely good to see the amount of that bat they had obviously he said he had more home runs this Friday, but he had you know that's why that's why I like to break it down like to home runs you know per per play to parents you know um it just it just, it just gives like a more accurate gauge of 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 what they're doing every time they come up the bat um all right, so, who's in my turn? Can I go? Yes, sir. So. Okay, right now I'm looking at, in this market right now, um, you could go several ways with catchers, and I think one way you can really get some benefit right now is hopping on the Dalton Varshow uh, train, um, ADP 174. He's he got his, his low as 135, it's, it's, um, and then 226, which is his, his, uh, his deepest pick this is just strictly what and I think you he might not qualify for catcher ever again I think it's going to be people are going to like start realizing that and I think that he's just going to climb and climb as you get closer to the season because once you maybe can project a floor of 13 and 13 15 and 15 for a catcher um, you know when you're looking at something like you know standing game points and you see like what he can really contribute to your overall team at at catcher um i think it's 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 pretty special and um he's a big you know that's a big needle mover in something like rotisserie leagues you know especially and he's playing in overall um but you know if you i looked at his last two weeks of the season and he really you know kind of turned it on like he kind of and actually went on to prospects live and looked at his minors graft and i saw that every time it kind of entered a new level, it kind of did the same thing where he was just like average for two weeks. And then he just really, really stepped it up. Um, like uh, I looked at his rolling graph and his uh, last week of the season, the WOBA skyrocketed um, the in-zone contact uh, skyrocketed. The old swing went down, He started pulling a ton more balls and ISO, just like a lot of the power metrics really um, ramped up in the last couple of weeks and, um, you know, you just, you just got to bank on, you know, h- hoping that that's actual growth in season. Um, when I break down my evaluations and I put my players into the bucket like I like to, um, he, his overall, like when I just rate skills, like overall skills, he, he, he's, he's kind of like in the same area where like Kyle Lewis is like, he, I, I think he's like a similar skill set um, in, in terms of power and speed, um, I guess that, you know, you can probably guess that they're going to be close enough in stat, you know, um, that's the way I feel about it, actually. And I know right now, 174, I think that just, you know, if you can get to even 1515 at catcher, that's that that's huge He's going to return a big, big, big dollar value for you at the end of the year
2: definitely gonna have to reach out. i feel like a lot of people
1: are gonna be reaching out. right that's what i'm saying right now if i'm drafting now and you want a piece of him like you're gonna have to do it now you know because yeah. i think this is the guy that's gonna go you know keep keep going off the charts
0: he's a guy that i've been trying not to put in my top five at catcher already and we're talking <laughs> december ranks i'm serious
1: yeah but and why, it's why of, are you trying not to do it because you know, I, it's good to have a pessimistic view on a lot of things and saying yeah you know i can't a, do it but like but in terms of overall value, he has the, I mean, you know, again, I go with that word, but, and what he can do for you across the road, of, um, you know, five by five. It, and, is oh, I'm with you, man. You don't have to talk them. me into him.
0: You don't have to talk yeah. me into him That's a so thing. So don't
1: fight it. If you feel I, I th- like what it, it is just is, do it.
0: I, I don't, I think it's just my <laughs> strategy in 15 teamers as a whole. My like, strategy, my strategy is and is fade. I usually don't go catcher, I go grab a catcher at all early. But right now he's the tenth catcher off the board, and I can. That's a great price. Like I'm going to take that every time as my first catcher. But I agree. I think he's going to move up. I think you'll see him climb ahead of Grand Grandal. That's why it's like, and that sounds like a lot, but it's only forty pick difference because there's like a little catcher run between one forty two and one eighty one. And why? Why did Grandal is a three category guy? Home, obviously, home runs, RBIs, and runs. Darno, he shows flashes but i feel like i still don't trust the health after all even though he's stayed healthy relatively recently vasquez if you look at vasquez at all you'll it'll blow your mind it doesn't make sense how he's doing what he's doing but he keeps doing it his success rate on the base pass isn't even good and they just let him run anyway so he's a guy he's kind of an anomaly Nola is a late late career breakout guy yeah Sean Murphy, I love a lot, though. But, yeah, I Everyone show, loves
2: Sean Murphy. Yeah,
0: but, but, but it doesn't show in the ADP because he's ninth catcher. And I know we're doing a catcher preview, so I'm, I'll stop now. But Varsho, I can what do make you mean an we're
1: argument. Not? We just did one, baby. I know. Everyone, everyone <laughs> I just, got I a just, nice little breakdown.
0: <laughs> I just went down, to like, seven, like, five catches yeah, real quick. That's cool, but, though. That's, but, good. that's but, good. But Varsho, I have a hard time taking the, the big four for me. is Romulo, Perez, Will Smith, and Contreras. Whatever your preference is of those four, I think those are the top four. And after that, I think it's just a whole nother tier of – Take your poison. And I think Marshall belongs in that tier. And a lot of people don't agree with that. And Sanchez, I'm glad he's falling because he does not belong in that tier. I'm so anti-Gary Sanchez. I will never and own him, ever. I will never roster him. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 on to the next one. All right, so the, um, the, terminology. <laughs> the next player that you're in on, and now we're going to shoot for ADP over 400. Mr. Simeone, lead it off. Oh, Should,
2: Do I even have to say the name or, I mean...
1: You have think to spell it backwards. Uh, my, for that,
2: all, we all know it's Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he, he's coming into, uh, you know, the offseason. Um, he's expecting a – he said he's expecting to start the season as a starter and finish as a starter, which, um, which, which caused me to kind of dive into him because I haven't really in the past, mainly because he's basically been the bullpen. I know he made a few starts last year. Uh, but he's got a really deep arsenal. Um, his curveball, fastball, and slider all have above-average vertical movement. The slider really moves more like a curveball. Um, and, you know, I, there, was, uh, there was an article out. I forgot who wrote it. But it was basically saying that pitchers who have a lot of hard vertical movement, um, they tend to perform a lot better than pitchers who don't and tend to rely more on horizontal movement. Kind of like a Dustin May, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Um, so that, and Lorenzen and does that. He has a ton of vertical movement. So I really like that. Plus he has, like I mentioned, the deep arsenal. He's got like five or six pitches I think that he kind of toys with. And uh, while these numbers are a little inflated because he was in the bullpen, he had an overall swing strike percentage of fourteen point five percent. He had above uh, above average. Uh, chase rate as well so he just brings to the table kind of what i like you know a, lot, a ton of movement a bunch of pitches to go to so if one or two aren't working he's got others he can you know reach in his back pocket for um so i really think he keep hitters off balance and can provide a ton of value because i i didn't write down his adp but i know it's really far down there it's gonna jump
0: Um, it's gonna jump up it it
2: probably will especially if they officially announce that he is in the rotation it definitely will innings are a big deal in, in these
0: formats so for sure
2: yeah and uh i don't know how many he's gonna be able to go um that'd be something i'd be interested in finding out but uh we'll
1: see when when i think i think when you tweeted out something um when he said that i i sent you a snapshot of when I picked him in the in the DC yeah. that I did like um, in the beginning of November, you know, I took him around thirty seven because yeah. it it got to a point where I was like looking to speculate on either like um, next man up in the bullpen or like. Not an innings eater, but like who can maybe give me like a hundred really good innings, like 120. Yeah. And like he was the kind of guy I was looking at in that range. And then, like, when he tweeted that out, like, you know, I'm looking at stuff, I'm like, yes, let's go. And I, sent you, <laughs> I sent you that picture. Yeah, I was like, I'm a, I've been in, uh, like, that's awesome. I, don't know, yeah, I, I did yeah. a quick dive on him on like Alex Chamberlain's leaderboard. And I was looking at a couple, yeah. like, a couple things caught my eye. I was like, oh, like, okay, like, you know, it's a What's when you're that deep in the draft, right? You know, yeah. Yeah. It's plus, I wish he can give me some, um, at bats too. I wish that was. A-
2: <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting with him too, is, um, he said he was in a interview recently for on MLB, one of MLB shows and he actually said he learned a lot from Bauer and, uh, Took as much information as he could, and you know, from him. So
0: took as much pine tar as he could from him. Yeah, mean, or yeah that information. Too. So uh,
2: I'm sure <laughs> yeah. he's really into the analytics, kind of like Bowery is. That's and, awesome. Uh, I just think you know. I do have a couple I, questions. It, it for makes you.
0: Makes a ton of sense. I have a couple questions for you, like serious questions, because I'm sure you've looked into them way more than I probably have, and probably will, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> no, because I, I, Mike goes, Mike goes as deep as he can. With starting pitching, it's almost like how I am with hitting. So it's like we—that's why we balance each other out so well. But in all seriousness, how do you think his pitches are going to play up as a starter? Will Will he have to throw? You know, maybe concentrate on picking a certain ones that he feels more comfortable with. Yeah, so velocity and all that.
2: What he did as a starter compared to being a reliever is he. he he has a really good four seam so he stuck with that and he actually increased the slider usage um, so he he went a lot more towards the fastball slider combination which I like because um i, I he threw in the curveball too but i think the slider's a little better personally just based on its um, hard break so that's what he ended up doing. He kind of pushed the other pitches aside. So kind of like you said, he really started to focus on two to three pitches when he was actually starting again.
0: And did you, it was only to, two starts. But. Did you happen to track his velocity on those starts? I'm um, curious if he, Maybe instead of going all out for an inning or two, he had to obviously pace himself. So, I'm yeah,
2: thinking. I mean, again, that's why you're going to assume he's going to regress anyway. Um but let me see really I mean quick. but
0: again he's free. I'm nitpicking, but I'm genuinely curious as well. No, I know.
2: Um, let's see. And his start like the way you were no, he he <laughs> he was the no, he was right around the same. Slightly lower. He was averaging his fastball is averaging basically around ninety six to ninety seven, and he averaged ninety six point three in both his starts. All right. Well
0: see that's that's promising. How long do those starts last?
2: The two games that he started? Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, I'm you know, making me look. Uh, five innings and four point two. Well, no, that, that's four point. So you went one star was four point two innings, two earned eight Ks. The other one was five innings, one earned six Ks.
0: No, I'm just asking because if he was able to sustain that velocity without really being ramped up and was able to do so over well, four, the real, over five inning games. That's that's the real
2: same. question would be what was the pitch count? I'm wonder, I'm curious as to how I understand, but you gotta think,
0: you gotta think it's like seventy ish, expect or eighty or probably more with all those K's. No, yeah, I mean, I don't have. You must I, have attacked the. Zone, I can't then. find it
2: on the page I'm on. I'd have to like look elsewhere. and I don't feel like typing, so I'll look into <laughs> that later. Dan.
0: I just thought, hey, <laughs> this turning into a Lorenzo deep dive. I get that, but these are. I thought the the I, mean, I had to ask because I, I promise you this is probably the extent of my uh, research on him for the time being at least for the immediate future so thank you for that Mike I appreciate that You're welcome. Cause I, and now I have a guy who's yeah, far less guy. interested <laughs> um, my guy is a guy I'm just doubling down I made a bold I made one bold uh, whatever it's called at the, of last, at the end of last year right before the season started I couldn't have been farther off it was a, one of those bold predictions terrible <laughs> It was so bad, and that's why they're called bold predictions because if you get them right, you're an all-star. If you get them wrong, no one cares, but I still think it's hilarious, but I'm back on Franchi Cordero, and a lot of it's just I can't give up on the tools and the potential that you're getting outside the top 400. He's a guy that offers you power and speed. The batting average is always going to be a question, but one thing that makes me more interested is that we saw him change something while he was on IL or before because when he came back, his batting stance was a little different. He actually closed the stance and remained a little more upright, and we saw a launch angle increase again. Very small sample; we're talking five games. But if you look at when he comes back between the changes he made in his stance and his average launch angle going up, even though it wasn't great, it was still up. He actually put he actually hit two home runs right after coming back off the IL. So again, very small sample, but we saw some changes at the end of the year. Maybe it'll turn. Maybe it'll transition and follow him into the uh, into this year. The only concern I do have with him is playing time because although I think he'll be in a platoon, he'll be the strong side. His career batting average, small, again, all small samples with Franchi because it's always been upside and never really playing time. But he's, he's a sub-200 hitter against lefties in 40 games, only 66 at-bats. But he's a 252 hitter against righties in 218 at-bats. That's you know it's still a small sample, but at least he shows he, he can't hit righties they did sign Michael Taylor. I don't know Michael Taylor splits, so I'm assuming he's a guy. I know they have Edward Olivares and other players that could easily platoon with them in the outfield against lefties. So that would be the only concern I have. But even against righties, you're still getting a guy who can hit home runs, a guy who can steal bases, and will just play, he'll play majority of the time. Give him 500 bats, he can still go 20-20, just with that with those tools if they allow him to play every day against righties.
1: I feel like where he's going, like what you're saying, when you're taking a stab at upside, this is the, the this is the stab you make, you know, like tantalizing, you know, um, power speed combo, and it, you know, I totally agree with you, Mike. I is the kind of guy like I look for in those later rounds. This this is this is the difference maker like if you grab him pick 500 and he gives you even 15 15 which he's totally capable of doing mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah and 20 points a- is a
0: ceiling i just want to make that clear <laughs> right right
1: no but still though it's 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 it, it, it's doable with his skill set right you know when you break it down at that point in the draft you you just trying to find skills that pop out at you and say with with playing time and obviously, we, we've learned, like, you know, um, back in the day, it was a whole thing, like, there's no path to playing time. Right now, like, there's tons. You know, IL stints are going through the roof. Um, you know, traditional roles are out of the window. Like, you know, managers are getting guys, you know, rotating in more and more. So, um, I like the Franchi. In, in, in all
0: seriousness, though, and um, I go back to, like, obviously, he's never done it before, but Soler couldn't stay healthy. so Soler kind of – everyone thought he wasn't going to be much – royals got their hands on him and look what Soler did when he broke out i'm mm-hmm. not saying franchi can do that but i just like to think that maybe if the royals figured it out with one guy maybe this changes scenery for him a full off season now and maybe those changes he made at the end of the year he kind of comes into spring training working on him hones in on it and does improve i did think you... there's a lot i think there's a path to that production and I, I want to take my shot there
1: right absolutely did you see the uh video from going yard and the um one of the no, one of the international need, leagues. Oh yeah, it I just happened it. like maybe a day ago, or two ago. I need this.
0: I need this. I need that pumped into my veins. Oh right yeah,
1: he 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 looked too, he good too, man. It was a nice cut. Yeah, Oppo. I think like uh Opposite, left center, oppo, left I was center.
0: Op, that's still uh, that's good Even for him. Left
1: centerish. Yeah, it was, was nice. it off a lefty by any chance? Just for uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt. I doubt I, it. I don't I remember. I'm looking it up right
0: now on Twitter though, because I know Twitter's <laughs> the place to look for that stuff. But <laughs> dude, I I need that into my veins. I'm gonna retweet it while we're doing this podcast
1: i'll go go into um (laughs) i'll go into my guy and then you can talk about him if you want you see the video and or or did you find it already no no i'm i'm going you go you go i don't need to talk about it i'm just
0: oh no that's not it dang it all right go ahead
1: so my late stab um at ADP 428, uh, multi-positional guy. It's the perfect time to take a guy like this um, so you don't have to invest too much in multi-eligibility guys early. And that's Mike Brasso on the raise. Um, mm-hmm. First base, second base, third base. Um, so my, um, so his demonstrated skill in the short season was kind of around like um, what, yeah, Strumsky showed. Um, a little bit less of a hit tool, but, um, yeah, kind of an even better run tool. Um, his sprint speed is actually pretty sneaking at first base and multi Um This is the kind of guy I'm, um, I'm taking a stab with. Um, it feels like he can definitely get playing time at each of those positions. Um, they just obviously traded Nate Lowe, so maybe he gets more looks at first. Um, Brandon Lauer always gets, you know, into funks and maybe plays more at second His lefty righty um splits are pretty good too he's he's mashing against both of those guys um what i saw too is that only 16 of his uh 98 at-bats came batting six to nine he was always in one through five and in the last two weeks of, uh, of the season he batted fourth against lefties um pretty much every game um his wrc plus in those weeks was like 157 um I don't know, he's just, uh, just like a nice, sneaky, multi-eligibility guy that has a bunch of good skills that can contribute to your roto categories. And I don't know, Steamer had them for like 149 plate appearances projection. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. And just even if you can get 300 um, and maybe like you know 12 and 5 um, where you're playing in a deep league and you need to plug in guys when your starters are hurt, is the kind of guy I'd go for did you find the video, Mike? No, and <laughs> what? I'm upset.
0: Yeah, it wasn't there. I was very upset. It but it's wasn't okay. there. Okay. I will find it after the show. It Doesn't yeah, matter. after I'm- the show, I find it. Hundred percent. And and just send it to my DMs, man. Oh. <laughs> and I and I know, and I will share it tomorrow morning when I'm done looking at
1: it. <laughs> All right. So then I will go into the uh, um, plays that we're down on for this um, right now in the market. Um, ADP one to thirty. So now we'll switch it up. Let Mike Crowe go first. Um, tell me who you're avoiding in this draft range. And it's a guy I will forever be wrong about until I'm right. But is I, I, I
0: can't say his name, Alberto Mondesi, man. I can't do it. I just can't. He's among, like, the bottom five when it comes to contact rate, when it comes to uh, his swinging strike rate, his O-swing. Like, the guy has no play discipline. He goes through uh, – Terrible downs and and when his ups are like, you have to play him through his downs because when he comes up and his high, ups are as high as they up or are I can't even speak because he's so frustrating because <laughs> <laughs> Adam Adam Bertha breaks you huh yeah dude <laughs> you have no, like it's it's been an ongoing thing because I, I can like, I was right and wrong about him in the same sixty games season like how can no other player in fantasy can can do that to you but this guy can and it's because he is such a great speed tool. He is that elite at running that the second that that falls off, he's not going to be the hitter he is because he depends on that hit tool to make up to cover up a lot of these flaws. The ground balls, the lack of barrels, the lack of like he he just he creates so much because of that speed. He's he's able to beat out so many ground balls and get on base, and that leads like when he gets on base, it's an automatic triple. I get that he's great at stealing bases, but man, I can't because he hurts you so much. And what if he turns into Billy Hamilton that that year he does or? What if, you know, you you have enough of them. You're never going to drop them, but you might bench them. And the week you bench them, he hits 250, but gets you seven stone bases on your bench. Like, stuff like that. It's just like, that's why you can't bench him. But I feel like he could bury you. and, And then by the time you need him to, like, you can't bank on him doing as good as he did over that stretch every year to make up for how bad he was. I can't. Like, it's just it's, 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 I'm very big on plate discipline. He lacks it, and I just can't get behind chasing rabbits. I, and even, look, we saw it last year too. People think he's the top of the lineup guy. He, was, he started there and he ended there, but there was a long time in between when he sat at the bottom of that lineup, which really affected his um, runs in RBI as well. And that could easily happen again over a long season. There's no way he sticks at the top of that lineup, especially with the pieces they're adding, like Carl Santana and such. All right, I'm done. I'm done venting. I, <laughs> I agree
2: with you. He's just too much of a headache to own. And kind of like you said, like, why I, the the lows are just too low, just but way the, but too low. He also low.
0: has like soft tissue injuries. Don't get me wrong. He has the shoulder that he dealt with, but he, dealt, you know, he deals with the occasional groin, the hamstring, and these fat, these fast guys do. And you're, and when you draft him, you pretty much punt stone bases for the rest of your draft. Almost not always, but you know, you don't need to worry about him so
1: much, but depending on one guy for stone bases, yeah, is that's also a bad dangerous. strategy. And, it's very, and, it's and very I, dangerous. Yes. He, I mean, no, what what you just said, like laying off after you get him, I think that's actually the worst way to go. You still gotta bake in a little bit. You're baking in maybe him, you know, with soft tissue injuries saying. Yeah. I think I think what you can get from him when he's healthy and then you could get you get your replacement value when he's out. And you can definitely balance it. Um, I'm just, I hate him.
0: <laughs> for no, fantasy. I get it. Listen, listen, <laughs> you it. can
1: hate all you want. And I guess, Mike, it, it, it sounds like maybe it's more of a head-to-head thing with you, like, that you, you know, because in Roto really doesn't matter. Like, he, he's going to end up with um, stats that, you know, get you, like, where you need to be, and you know, across the board. I, I just. And head-to-head, I, I, I get it. Like, you know, he can definitely tank you weeks. Um, but i love roto and i still
0: hate him <laughs> like that's the thing it's like yeah. and I, I i trust me i understand in roto it's the long game it's the what like that's what makes roto so great is because you go through the ups and downs and you win your league but you shouldn't have to sit through the downs that he gives you and just to get just to, for when that because you never know when that upswing is coming and he's such a frustrating player to own and what if that what if that uh, to roster and what if that up never actually comes up like what if like, i'm just i know it's a if because every year he proves me wrong but I refuse to be. But I refuse to buy in the year that I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and roster him, and he's gonna get hurt. He's going he's not, he's the ups are never gonna come. He's gonna have this long down bad streak, tear a hamstring or something, and miss the rest of the year. Now I'm very that's very pessimistic, and I I want to also clarify. I've never wished injuries on guys. I just know that I'm just saying soft tissue injuries are very common with runners like that. And that's like I, worst case scenario is he doesn't like you You can get Billy Hamilton. I, I hate the fact that I have to spend a second round pick or early third round pick on a guy. you are going to compare his Hamilton. power
1: metric to Billy Hamilton. No. If you're really going to do that, then I'll, you know, no, we're, we're the next guy immediately. That's fair. We could just kick curling off. Yeah. No, that's, max, fair. that's fair. His max EV is like climbing and it's getting to a range where it's pretty good. I know really the cool. power.
0: I know so, the power tools. There is just a matter. You can't of-
1: come, so then you can't throw. I know. Out Billy Hamilton. Right. I
0: just. I just. I'm. So, I'm just so. I said the floor. I mean, am mad the, at you now, Mike. Mike, you hit harder <laughs> than Billy
2: Hamilton. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> That's
0: fair. We're That's going fair next,
2: <laughs> Mike. Who you got? Um. Yeah. This. Uh. This area was a little tough for me actually. Uh. But I'm gonna go with Max Scherzer, and it's really just because of he's hitting age 35. Um. He's got the back issues. And I just think he's not worth the risk of where he's going. Um, there was – I think he – there was nine times last season where he didn't pitch on normal rest. So I feel like that can, you know, really affect him, especially in a long-term season where you're just going to get, you know, fewer and fewer innings from him. Um I do think he will always, you know, produce quality innings when he's out there, but I just don't know how many innings he's actually going to get to, especially coming from a short season now, going to a regular one. Uh, again, I feel like he's going to, you know, he's not going to go on normal rest like other pitchers well. So I feel like at this point in the draft, I'd rather take someone who's more, um, you know, is definitely going to get you innings compared to someone who you have to like speculate that with.
0: That hurts me. It hurts me to hear that, man, because I love the guy. He's such a gamer. But yeah, I mean, injuries are definitely a concern. I like him.
2: It's just where he's going. I don't. I I get it because you want you want a sure thing at this point. You don't want to end up with him and he only pitches you 150 innings.
1: I got nothing to add. I got nothing uh, to add to that. (laughs) I'm I'm staying away from him too, Mike. Just just strictly on the age alone, and uh, you know. I don't know just it's an easy bet to just stay away, like you don't need to, you can win without them. Yeah, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, 100. Um, what's my shot? I'm going with Zero. DJ, DJ LeMahieu, right now, pre Yankee. We all know all that fun stuff. First 3,737 app, uh, plate appearances, 49 homers. <laughs> His next 876, he got 36 owners, 27 at Yankee Stadium. Right now, if you're drafting him for Yankee Stadium staff, you're out of your mind. Like, he hadn't signed yet. So if you're in a real competitive league and you're paying real money um, and you're in an overall prize, it's not a smart move. Once he signed with the Yankees, okay, I kind of get it. Um, but still, um, I found a couple of things that, I don't know, just really yeah. – like of looking at um in the baseball forecaster they have um, a metric from um, like expected home runs and then expected home runs to fly balls um and what's cool about it is that they don't um for expected homers it's it, it's not a measure it's not a measure of whether like uh, a specific battered ball should have been a homer it's actually a measure of how often a ball like struck that way turned out to be a homer mm. um i like the method i like that kind of method in um, approaching, like, skilled valuation that way, and just overperformed everything um, way across lead league average. So I think he's going to come down to that. Uh, all his expected, like, expected home run to five ball, he's down to come down a dramatic amount. And his launch angle – so I found another thing on Derek Hardy's um, EV analytics. It's, he has a, a tab for the launch angle sweet spot, and he – he has that described as the average launch angle of a hitter's battered balls that are within the top one third of his hardest hit it, um, hardest struck balls. And his, his launch angle in that range is 4.7. So he was next to guys like Tapia, Margot, Rosario, Valar, Jose Martinez. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It, it, I I know it's not like a tell all stat, but it's just part of like um, something that, I don't know. It, it it didn't seem like he's getting the amount of lift consistently that I'm going to need to get, you know, um, to like, just to believe that his power is going to at least stay on this, on this level. Um, then I actually looked at his 100 games on the road since he joined the Yankees, um, 100 games from 2019, 2020, nine homers, 62 ribbies, uh, 62 runs, sorry, 56 ribbies, 300 average if you want to extrapolate that to 162, it's 13 homers, 85 runs, 77 RBI. So I think if you are drafting right now and you don't know he's going to be on the Yankees still, and you can kind of look at numbers around that range, um, that's like Jay Cronenworth. And so I say no thank you right now. I pick 30 um, in the NFBC. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead, Mike. Uh, I was just going to say, I've heard a lot of people, you know,
2: um, not really in on him especially his – okay, including Carlin, uh, especially at his <laughs> ADP. And, yeah, I think he's just – you know, uh, Yankee Stadium perfect for him. And kind of like you said, until we know where he signs, he's extremely risky. And you could tell people are really um, – they don't know where to take him to. Like if you look at his min max, it's from 13 to 44. Right. So I feel Great like – Great observation, Mike. Right. I feel like it's so – you know, um, you get people who love him and you get people who are like, nah, I'm just going to keep waiting on him. So it's, it's interesting to see that. People
0: people think he's a lock for Yankee Stadium, and I would agree if Lindor wasn't on the table because if they get Lindor, they have to put Lindor or Glaber at second base. Nah, Mets are going to I regardless, <laughs> regardless, regardless, regardless of where he goes, you get, you get my point, though. Until is yeah. off the table, I think LeMahieu is not a sure thing in New York. Now, once LeMahieu, once Lindor trade happens, I think LeMahieu signs probably close. I'd say New York becomes a favorite, but I think New York wants to make a play for Lindor. But I'm very anti LeMahieu at this pr- price tag. And I was actually upset you took him because I saw you post it. And I was like, I want uh, that. was my original pick because, and you mentioned a lot of his things. It was um, only he only had two home runs in 2020 that had an exit velocity over 100 miles per hour, just to put that out there. Wow. And, and, since nice. 20, and since 2019, you mentioned 27 of his 36 home runs have been at New York, but 16 of those 27 have been opposite field hits, opposite field home runs. So she's taking mm-hmm. advantage of the short porch as a righty, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It's like, so he's that good of a hitter that he can put the ball that much to the top. So he, I think it was like a 40% opposite field percentage in 2020 because he really just went, for, went after it. And he's just, again, But and you mentioned those stats, the ones you did when you extrapolated. That's pretty much what he did the year he left Colorado. He put up 15 home runs. That was his career high, I think. Uh, I think I was 15 home runs. It was his career high after playing seven years in what, one of, if not the best hitters' park in the major leagues because his he has a great hit tool, but the power tool isn't there. So his, this his hit tool plays well to Yankee Sam because he could take advantage of hitting the opposite field and taking and that short porch. And in 2020, some concerning things are small sample, but he lowered his uh, his career low long, average launch angle was he it was down to 2.3 degrees. Mm-hmm. And the barrel rate was also a career low, but he's never been a big barrel guy. So 2.9%, it's low, but he's never really dependent on barrels to get by. But what concerned me with the launching and all that was the rise in ground ball rate to 57.1%. So I I can't believe in a guy who's going to hit that many ground balls. That you know, with that, that's just that's hard to go anywhere else and take advantage of that because you can get away with hitting that many ground balls when you're sneaking over a lot of balls over the fence in New York and kind of just taking advantage. I mean, the hits will play regardless, but man, that's a lot of ground balls, so it kind of can just concerns me. So if he leaves Yankee Stadium, I'm also very much out on him, and I can't draft him with any sense of confidence right now because I don't think he's necessarily guaranteed to go there right now.
1: Gotcha. Absolutely. Sorry,
0: to ramble, yeah. ramble on. Oh, no, good. DJ's good. a guy I'm very passionate about. Oh, so is yeah, Modesty. Yeah. So is Mondesi, But so Modesty's just because I, I can't understand it. But yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's all I got. Modesty. I can't understand them.
1: It, it, it's all good. It's all good. Um, all right. Who we got next? Uh, Mike Simeon was going to go. No, sorry. Carlin. Right back to Carlin. Carlin, Right back to song? me. All right. I can't I'll remember. Keep... I'll, uh, I'll
0: keep, I, think, I think I'm going first on these. and I'll keep this one simple.
1: Yeah, the one player down in the um, 30 to 75 ADP. And this
0: one was easy for me. I can't say enough how much I'm just like against Keston here at this price tag. I think he was genuinely just figured out in 2020. And don't get me wrong. I think there are better days ahead of him. But you have to still, you know, buyer beware. The second worst strikeout rate in baseball – swing strike rate in baseball among qualified hitters. The worst contact rate in baseball among qualified hitters. And, again, these are stats that modesty usually excels at. But modesty has that plus speed tool to get by with this terrible plate discipline. Hira does not have that speed tool. So he's a, he's a guy that he needs to be better at that. He just can't be that bad with plate discipline. He saw less fastballs and more breaking balls and all speed pitches this year – as I think pitchers just adapted because when you look at his 2019 uh, stats, he overperformed against everything. He overperformed against fastballs, off-speed, and breaking pitches. He, he just – XBA versus BA was a big difference there. And I think he just didn't get his lucky. pitchers attacked him more up in the zone. He was just having issues handling the ball. The, the team as a whole, the Brewers, struggled, so I think that's part of it as well. But when you look at him, he, since he's been the majors, he hasn't had under a 30% strikeout rate. You're getting closer and closer to get, having a Rugnado door. And I think there's obviously – I'm not saying that's who he is, but that's the floor. And although Ruben had his va- fantasy value back in the day because, you know, you get 30 and 12 from the guy, um, I don't want to take a chance on that batting average that early when I can get the power and speed elsewhere for, for other guys going in that range that I feel safer with the batting average. And, I, I mean, I think the upside's there. I'm not going to deny the upside, and there's pedigree. But until we see some type of change in approach or change – in so, just in something in terms of plate discipline or whatnot, or maybe making more contact, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fade that price tag right now.
1: Very fair. That's a
2: awesome. job, man. I like it. <laughs> Very fair. Yeah.
1: Good assessment. Good, Mike. Um, all right. Uh, so
2: so my next guy is going to be Tyler Glass. Now Ooh. I am not in on him
1: at all. <laughs> um someone wrote a good article on him recently so yeah uh, i don't know who that was yeah yeah
2: (laughs) he uh yeah so you know what i think he really did was he was trying to get a lot of um hitters to whiff on his curveball even more and it looked like he was putting in the waist zone a lot which if you don't know what the waist zone is it's basically nowhere near the strike zone (laughs) um (laughs) he was trying to really you know basically put it in the dirt have hitters chase it and I think that kind of screwed with his command on his fastball and he left over the heart of plate a lot, which isn't good for him because when he does that, it gets crushed. Um, So that plus he only has two pitches and hitters were basically sitting off the curveball because they knew that his fastball hasn't been that great and that they can get around on it. So um, I think he's got a lot of issues going on here. And then that, That plus he's not going into deep, deep into games either. He actually ranked uh, 44th in terms of uh, pitchers per start. And we all know how the Rays like to pull their pitchers early. So um, I think it's going to be really tough for him to meet his ADP and where people are taking him. And I just think there's too much risk there. He's still got to figure some stuff out. He really needs to still add a third pitch um, so you know, until he does those things, I just I can't be touching him as a top 16 pitcher, which is where he go.
1: I have a pitcher question for you. Could you mentioned um, he gets crushed when he lives at middle middle, um, and I think if I more I, than I, others, more than others, yeah, yes. and I I don't everyone uh, I does a, for the most every, part. well not everyone, but. Right.
2: Yes, I get it. Yeah, more I, than but, others.
1: I remember seeing once. I think, um, maybe you correct me, but like Blake Snell is kind of good, like in the upper, um, part of that, um, in the heart. But I'm just, um, just a general pitcher question What do you think makes a pitcher more effective, um, middle, middle? Like, uh, is it movement with the other pitches, or is it like a delivery thing, um, like? So, I mean, I would say, one, it could be sequencing, and two, yeah,
2: it's got to be movement um, because it it might surprise you, but while Glass now does throw his foreseeing fast, um, he doesn't have a lot of vertical rise to it. So it doesn't move that much, you know? So no matter how fast you throw it, you need movement. Um, So when you don't have a lot of movement and you're throwing it in the middle of the plate, it's pretty easy to make contact. Right. Well, for them, not for us. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. For them. <laughs> uh, so, whereas you know, certain you know, other guys, they have a lot of rise. So, even if they do happen to leave it in the middle of the plate, at least it's still tough to catch up to.
1: Right. And right. make
2: contact. Solid yep. nope.
1: contact, at least. Gotcha. Cool. Yep. Thanks for that little breakdown.
2: I mean, that's what I would
1: right. you know, say. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> uh, for my guy, I'm going um, at ADP 65 right now. Uh oh, I hate to do it too because he did so well for me this past year. But Mr. Lance Lynn, um, I love this guy. I, you know, especially if you're looking for an innings eater, but if there is some, some, you know, s- creeping back into the four era ish area, I don't think it would come to me as such a big surprise. Um, you know, he he throws his fastball, obviously, you know, like a ton. A ton like over fifty percent of the time, but his his it's over his 60%. velo
2: percent yeah, it
1: was right, and was his nuts. velo dropped right it had a little bit of a velo drop um i know c s w was like twenty eight percent ish kind of meh and his was like in his whiff per swing and his put away rate it like was in the the volley range and not to say that your pick was bad, Mike, but you know if i want you know it's just seeing a a guy who owns those type of skills so like so much further away from him, obviously not the same picture, but this is high for him. I think we're taking him at his at his all-time, you know, um, high at his peak skill level, but I think his skill level passed um, maybe somewhere in the middle of last season. And I don't know. I just, I don't know if this is, he is that horse, but he's one of those guys, if if you're going to like, I know a lot of people build their teams where they go back and they start off with him, you know, and I just think it, it, it might be a little bit, It might not be as safe as maybe we think it is, you know? Um, I think if you're hinging on him being your number one, it could be an issue. It could be a problem. I think it's not as safe as uh, we might think. The the wheels can, like, not completely fall off, but just come off enough that he doesn't give you that maybe possible ace value that you're looking for um, where people are picking him or, you know, even even a number two.
2: Yeah, I kind of like that call. Um, I agree. I think we're taking him, you know, at – uh the best he'll be in his career and i mean you could kind of argue that the four seam might have been even better this this year well 2020 um but yeah it's weird i mean to see someone throw a fastball almost 60 percent of the time between his four seam and singer is pretty interesting but it, it kind of worries me uh just because if he starts losing the command on it a little bit it's you know probably going to get hit most likely um right. Right. but yeah sharp- i mean yeah Shouting out
1: to throw all the fastballs, It's, it it you know naturally lead into more lift, right? From all the batters, more fly balls, and more 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 chances of you know of of damage, of destruction, you know.
2: Yeah, know. and he's um you know he really he's really just hitting one part of the plate pretty much. Um,
1: so <laughs> it's crazy it's, how effective he's been, right?
2: It's it's absolutely insane. Uh, I love everything about him, though. Right, it's I just, know why I so he, just his demeanor, everything about him is awesome. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, I, but I, you know what it—it it sounds really ridiculous for me to say, but with him, I just have one of those feelings. Like I just feel like he's not going to be as good as we think this upcoming season. I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. No, just, I, I, you know, I get, it. Get, yeah, we get it. Sometimes you get a gut feeling, and with him, for some reason, I feel that, and that's why I just—I don't
0: think I'm going to have any shares this year. Me too. Yeah, I got nothing yeah. to add to this. I apologize. <laughs> well, you could start with your next player, Mike
1: Curling. Yes, one player of choice, no matter the ADP. One guy that makes you say, when you look at people drafting, say, what are you thinking, dude?
0: I think I think this is going to be controversial in the sense that I think people are going to be like, of course I'm thinking this is going to work out or yeah, I'm with you. And there's not going to be much in between. I'm very much anti randy of Rosarania going at like pick 50 or whatever it is, 55, 54. I know it's like in the top 55 and I think he's electric. I loved, we all fell in love with him in the playoff run. He broke so many records, rookie records, home run records, et cetera, et cetera. But he's still a guy who's never proven anything prior to a small stretch in the majors in 2020 he showed a little flash of you know the the one home run two stone bases with a 300 average with the cardinals in 2019 but i don't know i mean the, the track record in minor leagues is very intriguing i just i'm always afraid the rays are gonna ray <laughs> i don't trust the rays as much as I, it, it, it takes it would take a Playing really well right off, right off the jump for to stick because we saw Meadows come off a great year and I, I know COVID kind of derailed him, but even with a player like Meadows who was actually a top prospect and with the pedigree, he was relegated to a platoon to start off as well. And if you look at Rosario's splits, although he's not terrible against righties by any means, he's obviously better. He's obviously better against lefties. I mean, in twenty twenty. In the regular season, mind you, he hit 227 against righties, 400 against lefties. So if he struggles versus righties early out the gate, does he get relegated to a weak side of platoon with Meadows even? I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying there's a potential for that. And I think with the Rays, there's so many question marks. And, of course, I know the legal issues have been dropped, mm-hmm. but I still think that that could rear its ugly head because MLB plays these games of randomly punishing people but then, like, letting things go. So you really don't know what's coming or what might not come. You don't know. I think nothing's going to come of it because the charges were dropped, but you just never know with MLB, because it's a mess, and yeah, there are pros with him, obviously, because if you look at his minor league track record, there's always been a speed component. I know that's what's driving it, and he did bulk up during the quarantine after coming back from COVID. I think he gained, what, 15 pounds of muscle by doing push-ups and eating chicken and rice three times a day or something crazy he was talking about. Good, good. I wish I had that type of discipline, because I could use some of that, but um. Oh no, other than that, man, I don't know. I'm just am I crazy for being that far out on them? I just don't trust it. I need I need to see more. I'm willing to be wrong because I I want to see more. It's really what it is.
1: I think it's fair for you to yeah. want to see more, a hundred percent, you know. Um So that's I, why I, 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 Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm it's, like, it's I'm like
0: it's crazy to me. Like
1: it, We it's were fair. talking about we were talking no,
0: about I think before the World Series, it was like a fringe top one hundred talk, and then the World Series happened, and then it jumped to the top fifty. And it's like I, I would take them around pick a hundred, and that's and that's why it's like I, I would I think there's I think you're putting so much the return on investment isn't so isn't very likely we're taking them. And for me, I'm very big on trying to get values or find values or gauge perceived values. Yeah. And good I, good good acquisition cost. Yeah. Good. I, I, don't th- I don't think, I don't think there's a good acquisition cost with him. I think, I think you're very much taking him at where you're hoping he returns value. Whereas there's very little, ch- I just don't see the, 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 I don't see the
1: path to that return on investment. There's nothing wrong with that though. Sometimes when you're just going to get what a guy is worth, you know, around four or five, you, you want your profit to come from the lower round where that's where you're going to make a difference. You know, I, I don't feel like it's, it's necessarily a bad thing. If someone's just going to give you what he is. I mean, if you bid, if, if you flip it to an auction, right. And some guy, if you spend 23 on him and he gives you, you run your year end numbers and he gives you 23. Isn't that the goal?
0: That, that's, I don't know. No, you're, no, you're right. That is yeah. gold, and that's fair. I just think there's more bust potential. I'm, I'm not buying into that price tag right now. I think gotcha. the price ta- I think yeah. that's what it is for me. Is, um, I just have a hard time believing that this is who he is based on less than a full season sample. And then, again, the playoff run was just, uh, astronomically amazing, obviously. Right. We know what he did. And he was polarizing and fantastic and so much fun. And hum- I
1: feel like that's carrying over way too much in these early drafts right and it's fair too it's just one of those things where you could say all right if i don't mind being wrong on him you know i'll yes, try to I'm... win i'll try to win else you know you know else yeah
0: that makes sense that, that's exactly why it is like i think it's right. crazy to be take to be so to be i think it's crazy to be confident in taking them there because you have to be really confident
1: to take them there right got it i like it Michael Simeone, give me your down um any pick any adp so
2: I don't really understand the love for Ian Anderson. Um, I when you look at his arsenal, he we kind of talked about break earlier. Uh, it's interesting. Both of his breaking pitches and his curveball and changeup, uh, they have basically no movement at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they just don't move, especially that changeup. And I just I think people are assuming that he's going to keep that high strikeout rate, which I don't see at all because he only had 11.9 swing strike percentage, which usually um, is a good you know predictor of K percentage. And um, his CSW overall was the same level of Marco Gonzalez. And oh. we all know Marco Gonzalez doesn't really get strikeouts. So I just don't think the K rate's going to be there. Um, you know, he doesn't get too many cold strikes. He doesn't get any whiffs. His O swing was only 27.6 uh, with chasing. So I just, I, I don't see it. And I think that that K rate's really going to drop down. I think the curveball changeup are going to end up being an issue for him. And he's going to have to figure it out, which leaves him with just his fastball. So I just see some issues here, and I think there's a lot of recency bias with him right now. So I will not be touching Ian Anderson.
1: Like question. It. Question, no like.
0: Question. Yeah, well, not, cool. not necessarily about Ian Anderson, the player, but as an overall philosophy. In as a person. We want
1: to know as, as a, a person. person. <laughs> I want to know your deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets. Buddy. No,
0: you can keep those yourself or maybe, maybe I feel like Doug knows everything. So Doug probably knows the answers to that with your <laughs> secrets, but when it comes to breaking down a picture and just looking at a picture and you're looking at these things and you're seeing the results for what they were and You, you, I guess do you not try to project growth or maybe in your analysis think there's a chance for growth and because he is a young pitcher coming off his first little 32 inning stint he put up in the majors and you got to think there's gonna be some growth there that could counteract some of these issues you have so I'm just wondering how much you put that into your analysis as a whole or are you more of the you want to see it first type of guy yeah
2: so obviously I think he can have growth of course but um that doesn't mean that what it, whatever he's trying to fix, he's going to fix it right away. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I do want to see it first. Do I think that he potentially can work on it, you know, off season into well, of the early season? Can, and uh, then <laughs> – You know, improve and have a better (laughs) second half, sure. But it's not something I'm going to bet on.
0: No, I just wasn't. I just wasn't sure how much because I know there are some people that like, like. Remember, my big argument for Savali last year was something I couldn't prove. It was just a gut feeling of I think the Indians are going to do what Indians do, change up his stuff, and they kind of showed that they were willing to do that, and that's why we saw what we saw with Savali. How'd that work out, though? (laughs) I mean, he's he did. I'm telling you, compare. Think about all the injuries. Dude, he was like a. He was was like a. He was ranked good. like 400 or something like that. He was good. He was good enough. <laughs> That's not good
2: enough. <laughs> Compared, to you kind of... lost value on him. <laughs>
0: yeah, whatever. I was really. I don't remember. I really don't remember where he finished. I just he, know that... he finished like a high 4 year <laughs> Well, I'm okay with the four. I'm okay with the high four ERA after last well, year. I know, he... and a bad whip. The way the way last year went, like I was taking any <laughs> innings I can get in my DC. See meetings. what I saw
2: last year was a step forward, but not a good season. So you were just a year early.
0: I'm not off of I'm not off of him at his price still I'm still in. I just
2: don't want to assume that someone's gonna do. No, something.
0: and that's what I'm saying. Like I, my, my thought, but that's what I'm saying. Like I just, but I guess it goes back to you mentioning gut feelings. I just had this feeling that Savali was gonna take make these changes. Sure, it didn't turn. It turned okay. You have to remember Savali well, just was so really like, good. Savali well, was really good to start the year and then got really bad. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, he started what I was really gonna soft.
2: say is I get what you're saying and it makes sense, but I feel like it could it's easily go the other way because oh, for because sure. like. Kind of like what you brought up too. Uh, you loved DeSclafani because you thought him. he was so going something. So, but, wrong. so it, it can go either way, and that's why I try not to bank on that too much. Um, see, one of the things I personally learned was coming into 2020, I was kind of like you with certain pitchers, and I really banked on them and thought they could do these things, assumed they were going to do these things. Like as horrible as this is to say, I kind of liked Ronaldo Lopez. Oh, and, you loved him. Um, <laughs> Cause I thought he was on his way to making changes figured he was going to do well, it,
0: but Grandall mentioned, we need to,
2: yeah, yeah, we, we need know. to learn to kind of reel that in a little bit and stop trying to see these guys for what we want them to be and what they actually are at the
0: moment. And, and that's why I'm, that's why I asked the question. Cause I wanted to see how much you put that in your analysis these days. Cause you're, you're right. I get caught up in it. Sometimes I've gotten better, we with all it. Do. We, yeah. but we all, we all get better with it too. Assuming that you learn from your mistakes. I still don't know how I, I have to look at this Scafani and see how he, I mean, he disappointed me. I know that, but man, where I, I learned so much from what I, what I, what I got wrong. Cause now I need to go back and be like, well, why did I miss so bad? Well, I was in on this, but why? And then why did, why like, maybe fix that? Because I got some stuff, right. But when I, when you get stuff wrong, you, you tend to learn from what you get wrong more. At least you should, because you should be digging into that more again, a whole nother discussion. I apologize for going on that tangent, Rob, as you were, sir. I
1: apologize. <laughs> No, it's, I mean, it's a good point of like, you know, kind of like being honest about what you're wrong on. And sometimes that, you know, that, that does stick out more. Um, I, I said it on multiple podcasts too. Like I I learned more in the main event that I got, that I lost in pretty handedly than my draft champion. when like, I learned a lot in that league. Just, just, just you know, just sometimes you got to take a step back and say, oh, I did this, this, and this wrong. And I got to do this, this, and this better. And yeah, yeah it's good. You, you, the only way to grow um my last pick here this is um I don't know there's no analysis behind this besides <laughs> like it's just it's a straight up Wander Franco like you know why are you picking him I don't know It's just I find it, it even just rookies in general that you're gonna draft in in you know he got as early as 140 you know mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just like a you know you're you got a big bankroll, yeah. and you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna play 19 DCs, and I'll take Wanda <laughs> and at least one of them. I don't know what that number is, you know, because yeah. I just when you look at the other guys that go around them, it's like, you know, I don't know when is when is overall on the line, and you're 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 trying to just get plate appearances, volume, just guys with 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 certainty like at some certainty and Mm -hmm. picking him so early it just doesn't make sense it's It's like i used to be this guy when i first started playing fantasy you know especially like in a in my auction keeper league you know you want those guys obviously but it's a whole different ball game and i just I when i see him fly off the board i just i just scratch my head because i you know there's a very good chance he doesn't play is it cool or how do you say his last name is Klonick yeah you should, know,
0: you should as a Mets fan you should know how to say his name
2: very well I try and forget <laughs> his name that's why um is he's going too pretty early
1: right I think he's going the same range 150 range or so yeah I you know but I guess you know all it took was him to like you know um make a make a little noise and that you know on the alternate like fields right and mm-hmm. and I don't know I guess people are anticipating his past playing time is a little easier and they're not the Rays, but they're, they're also. Well, 203 actually. Yeah. Hmm. Still like, I get it, but I don't, you know, because I don't, know. I don't get it.
0: Right. Exactly. at all. It depends if it's, if it's a 12 team redraft, where you can stash these guys because you know, some people play in those leagues where you have NA spots and stuff. I get taking the chance there, but these leagues that we're talking about, yeah, we're looking o- at NFC, so. so you're looking at your 12 teamers are OCs, but there's like those bench spots matter a lot, right? You can't, you can't really afford to stash players. That's one thing I learned yep. playing with fish last year. I always talked to him like, hey, why don't we stash this guy? And I you realized can't. stashing is really, really tough to do, especially the shallower
1: of the league where there's more potential value on the waiver wire. Yep. Absolutely, 100%. So that's my shot of it. So done wrapping that up. I wanted to end this conversation, this podcast talking about what your goals are as fantasy analyst. What, what, what do you see yourself doing in the future? What do you want to do? What do you, what do you want to aspire to be? Well, I'll say I just want to be better
0: and bury Michael Simeone. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to demolish him in every sense of the, you know, me and Mike have a lot of fun, man. It's it's all in good fun. If anybody takes anything we do seriously against each other on Twitter, please know it's really in good fun. And, and that's all it's about. But um, I honestly don't know, man. I've honestly made it farther than and faster than I ever thought I would. Like I'm not a big name by any means, but getting chances to be on like the CBS podcast, Road to Wire, that was like mind blowing to me because those are podcasts that I started listening to, you know, years ago. And goals of mine to get on stuff like that. So it's just one of those things. Now it's like like don't get me wrong. So it still still blows my mind. I was even on these podcast those podcasts. And from here, I just want to keep growing, man. There's so much to learn. I think like you want to get to, I want to get to a point where I'm like, uh, and, you know, Sarah's type where I can just look at the game differently. Like you look at, you know, you know, down to earth. He'll break it down for everybody, but you know, he just sees the game differently. He sees it from a different lens that no one else will. And I probably never will either. But my goal is to get to that point in, in terms of just having that knowledge and being able to share it. Right.
1: Awesome, man. I love it.
2: Yeah, uh, for me, I it, it's kind of like Mike. I'm not really too sure what direction I'm going in here. Um, but, you know, I I, I just kind of like him, want to get better, become a better fantasy player, become better at analyzing players. And, um, you know, I mean, one, one direction that I am heading towards and I really will continue to go towards is I think it'd be really cool to – be the like one-stop shop for people to go to when it comes to streamers and um, not just pitching, but kind of everything. And I'm trying to gear towards that as both of you now. So uh, we'll see where that goes. And that's kind of, you know, what I'm focusing on right now.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate what you guys do, man. You guys are hustling. You guys are making impact on, you know, on people digging into fantasy. It's it's pretty cool. You guys are hustling out there. I love it. So I want to hammer out some quick, some quick questions. So from, from a friend in the industry, Mr. Jake Hallisker of the high stakes heat the consortium, the Lotosaurus guy. Um, he said you he, he wants best to have want the voice.: s- yeah, best logo, especially with the Christmas lights. And everything. Oh famous, classic, dude.
0: it was amazing. I got I
1: my t shirt, I put that thing on, and my wife was like, Wow, that's a nice, that that's a cool logo. And i I'm, like, we're, I we're I all jealous. Anybody yeah, not jealous yeah. is lying.
0: Yeah.
1: Phenomenal. <laughs> Um, so, Jake wants to know, have the boys decided what league they're going to do this year? And you're likely going to prepare more in this offseason than you ever have before. So, are you going to ante up as a result? Whoa, coming in strong, Mr. Halsker.
2: Well, as someone just like Mike, I uh, bought a house this year, so I cannot afford yeah. <laughs> to up the ante this year, so I will not be up in the ante. I'll probably just do a couple DCs and call it a day, honestly.
0: And day. I hate, to, I hate to be that guy too because so I, I finally built my bankroll to be able to afford a couple DCs. I was gonna do my first solo. um uh, main event this year, I, the online one. I can never. I know I won't be able to make out to Vegas, with my, but I would love to. But that's like that's like the the dream. But I was gonna do my own first. I had the money all put away, and then I decided to buy a house and take that money and put it towards closing costs. So <laughs> I'm essentially reestablishing my bankroll. I'll probably play like Mike said. I'll probably play a good like three to five DC still. So I'll still get my DC because I love the DCs. I don't know what it is about DCs. I think it's the simplicity of them, and it allows me to kind of play on the, my, my depth of the player pool, my knowledge of it, I should say. So I'll definitely do the DCs, but I think next year, assuming that those, some of those go well, and between the writing and the extra money I make <laughs> on the side, I plan on getting – I plan on up a year. You're a, little, you're a year early on this one, man. A year early on the anti up curling time. Anti up
1: curling time. <laughs> Up it sounds like yeah it sounds like an official thing
0: <laughs> that's gonna be a t-shirt, uh, yeah, t-shirt. yeah 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 <laughs> and up curling
1: <laughs> oh shit all right so mr phil duceau wants to know to uh he got a couple questions one to my uh one to each of you guys so um uh, my curling first who are the three with rid- huh. this ridiculously Risky players that you will stack this year to try and win an overall. Uh,
0: that that's that stems back to awesome. the end of
1: that stems back to the
0: end of uh, draft season last year where I yeah, was. The Stan saying, Mondesi yeah, the same guy. I remember that. Well, guess what? Mondesi at pick twenty-four, baby, or twenty-seven. He's on that list again. Um you gotta and then with the injury risk, you gotta just you know, not with the injury risk, with the with what I perceive to be a very risky player that early. You double down, you go ahead and get yourself a Jordan <laughs> Alvarez. You gotta take. You gotta. You gotta help the knees hold up. Right, and then of course a guy okay. that. And these are all guys I'm fading,
1: so that's why I'm taking them. <laughs> Maybe this should be in, like an actual league, right? Where we and like the, the goal is to roster the most of the most amount of IL stays. Well, and <laughs> that'd <be> interesting. <laughs> this, this last guy, this last guy, to Nelson Lemet. Boom, those three. Uh, you go yeah. get
0: Lamet. you go get well here's the thing, because if I'm wrong on all three of these guys for fading them, mostly because of health reasons, and then one just I don't believe in ever, even though he proves me wrong <laughs> in modesty. If I'm gonna miss I wanna I, I really do want a league every year where I have a team like a bunch of guys I just don't believe in. So if I if I'm wrong, I'm really I, I end up winning anyway. So, but in all seriousness, if this is, um, if this is, if there was a team that I'm going to go all in, it's going to have a, a mix of those guys where you're going to get that really risky high end pitcher, a really risky or guy, guy I perceive as risky uh, power speed combo, and then the man with the, the, the Greg Odin of baseball. Greg and uh, <laughs> that's
1: awesome. Yeah. I'm getting a bunch of analogies, man. Back to back nights, last night. Dak Waxman said that Sal Perez is like broccoli. I mean, <laughs> broccoli. You, everyone's just like really coming in with these. Really, I have to step my game up in that in that area. That yeah, works. but people people hate that. People hated that
0: comp. But I mean, it was just it was just because the knees and the the youth and the potentials there. Right. But I, I want to see them be healthy, but yeah, I'm just gonna. It's a, the discounts there. I don't know. I still don't like it, but i again for that team for that hypothetical team. There you go, Phil. Here we go. All right. I think he's going to like that answer. Absolutely. I hope so. I hope he laughs out loud. If he doesn't, I apologize. <laughs>
1: I thought it was funny, though. To Mr. Streamer, Phil Dusto asks, when picking streamers, how do you manage to avoid the blowups? Guys like Ronaldo Lopez, funny. Newcomb, <laughs> Matts, Fulteeth, Trent Thornton come to mind. Decent pitchers who could be useful in a good matchup, but get blown up in their first start or two because they aren't right. You avoid those blow-ups
2: um, so what i've learned over two years is one you will never avoid blow-ups they're <laughs> gonna happen and you're gonna end up getting hit with them trust me and it sucks uh, especially when people come at you for it but that's another uh that's a whole another discussion um, he's gonna say
1: system says not not acceptable <laughs>
2: <laughs> um but honestly the best way to do is just have a good process and trust your process mm-hmm. Uh, I found out that, you know, by improving my process and doing what I did with the chart this year and kind of switching it to at one point a little bit, um, it limited the amount of blowups that I ran into compared to the year prior. Uh, So I think just by doing that, you know, basically just buying into what underlying metrics you think are best to look at, you know, how many days uh days i want to say days out but it's definitely not right how many uh days back there yeah how many days back you want to look you know at com- with the opponent and the pitcher themselves um so i mean it's really just about that and trusting it and you know honing it as time goes on really
0: right and i'm and- assuming most of your blow- oh sorry <laughs> I apologize no, that's okay about. i assume most of your blow-ups come at the beginning of the season though mike when you have like little to Actually, no, data. no really it's they're streamers
2: for a reason, man. No, they're, I get it. I just I figured so, no data. They're on, you know, they're low owned for reason. That's because you never know. It it doesn't matter. I've I've picked pitchers who were looking like they're on a breakout or on like a really good three, you know, game start streak, whatever, and just get blown up randomly.
0: I got you. No, I mean it makes sense. I just assume the beginning of the year when you have less data, it's more. more you're more prone to it, but I mean I, it's
2: definitely it is definitely harder. At this beginning, like the first month of the season, is always extremely difficult because, kind of like you said, you don't know where you're getting from certain pitchers, and not only that, you don't know where you're getting from the opponents either. You don't know what yeah, team's right. going to be good, what team's going to be bad. You can assume, but it never ends up that way. So um it's it, you know, and and you don't really see trends that are happening yet either. So it's 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 weird. It's really weird,
0: <laughs> and really hard in the first. But, but it works out for terrible. it works out for you though, man. It's impressive. Yeah. So far, uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I was going to say,
1: like, I, like um, I'm sure you, you know, the one thing you really have to do is is log, right? Log and, and, and kind of dissect, like, what what really you need to do to improve, you know, because you can, I think the casual and lazy way, you can say, oh, yeah, like, uh, I picked a good pitching staff to share, you know, like, and, and oh, like, I think I hit well, by looking at this, but when you really um, keep track of, of the data, right, and, and just tweaking it and just making – Yeah, making it better, right? Yep. Yeah, I think it's key things to do. Um so let's see. Um actually we have a sub question to that question, A Chalupa man, Ryan Ireland, this guy drafted from the hospital bed in my pro hitter best ball (laughs) league. He's the man. Yeah, he had rotator cuff surgery on on Thanksgiving here, but he's in Canada, so it's not Thanksgiving there. So uh, anyway, I was confused the first bit. (laughs) He wants to know out of those guys. Is anyone have a rotation spot this year? Is anyone worth a shot from that bunch that Phil mentioned? Ronaldo Lopez, Newcomb, Matt's faulty, or Trent Thorne? No. No. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, Thorne, I was kind of interested in last year um, just because it looked like he was really tweaking his arsenal, but uh, who the heck knows what he does now? I mean, he doesn't even have a spot.
1: And, tell, um, right.
2: Matt's. You know, he's probably going to be in the – depends what they do with free agency. Even if he is in the rotation, it's hard to really buy into him because not only has he been extremely inconsistent, but he also gets all – you know, he has all those injuries. So, honestly, I would not touch any of those guys. He
1: Is he going to follow the Oliver Perez-like path and at, still be pitching at 43 as an effective <laughs> like <him's> left-handed reliever? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see about that. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, um non-fantasy question, favorite baseball movie. I'm 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 very very cliché.
0: I love The Sandlot. I and I have kids so it's been one of those that's just kind of followed me as I've gotten older and my kids have watched it as well. So it's a cliché name uh, but it's just my favorite hands yeah. down. Not I'm just going to go with
2: the first baseball movie I ever watched, and what that was it?
0: Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good one, too, though. I like that one a lot.
1: Again, I, I, it's about the kids, man. Those are relatable with my kids, so those are ones I've watched with them, mm. man. Maddie Wood wants to know when do you guys get together for another drink on a stream, B and b I I I cheated. I answered that one already, but because
0: I did because I already had him on. Mike had to miss, so it was like one of those when dad's away. When dad's away, uh, the boys will play. Me, him, and um, what's his? Oh man, uh, Dawkins. Nathan Dawkins, me, Nathan Dawkins and Maddie Wood got together for two hours and live streamed to a point where Maddie Wood was obliterated and <laughs> it was a fantastic time there's a, there's a two-hour video on somewhere i think on youtube still of the. Just, and at one, i gotta at one check point, that out at one point i'm wearing two hats and it was a great time that's great
2: i'm so glad that's i great. missed that
0: bob <laughs> no, you're, oh it's because you were gone i brought in these two i brought in two fantastic guests on their own and just created a it ended up being a two-hour episode it was great <laughs> don't judge me
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Um, let's see, Carlos Marcano. I think I'm saying that right, right? Mm-hmm. Carlos Marcano, that a geek baseball fan. Um, who would like to know about their favorite quote unquote limited kind of pitches? SP, and why is it Dilson, the Nelson Lament?
0: <laughs> Mike loves the Nelson
1: Lament. Too bad it's not the Nelson Lament. Why, why haven't you made a pun
0: about the Nelson Lament? Like lamenting? Ooh. Why That's has no it. one made that pun yet? Yeah, why stupid. It, no? You're stupid. You're <laughs> stupid. Because no one wants
2: to talk about the Nelson Lemets, so you don't need any puns.
0: Everyone wants to talk about them.
1: <laughs> oh, actually, check it out. Dave Dave, uh, Dave. McDonald, less than Dave, coming in with some last-minute um, questions here. He wants to know, Michael Pimeone, have you grown as an analyst from last year to this year, and what changes have you made to the way you analyze players, and why did you make them?
2: Um. Yeah. So I mean, I kind of touched on this before. um You know, one of the mistakes I made, I felt like coming into twenty twenty was assuming pitchers were going to make changes before they actually made them. Mm-hmm. I valued them a little too much because of that. Um, what was the second part of the question? Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, evaluating hit players. I mean, yeah. I think he kind of asked this question because obviously it's stemming from him. Um, I've started to take into account injury risk a lot more right? as well right. as Absolutely. pitchers pitching deep into games, which I've discussed. And um, I think also, you know, on a personal – I mean, for, for myself, what I've been focusing more on is I've been forcing more movement more than ever when it comes to pitches – and, um, you know, also, I've started to try and really dive into what players were working on and uh, coming into the past season. Because I like to see, you know, if they were working on something and it, what they worked on, if they actually got the results from it. Right. Uh, kind of like I've put it in an article in the past, Playzak worked on being more stable. Um, and consistent with his delivery, and that's probably why his walk rate dropped. Gotcha. So that yeah. just kind of helps me know that. I mean, while that walk rate is walk, geez, while that walk rate is probably not sustainable, I do believe that it probably will still be elite because of that. Because he clearly made a mechanical change, worked on it, and obviously benefited from it. So I think that's just another way to take your analysis a little, you know,
1: a step further. Gotcha. I love it. Great answer. Um, and he has one for for Mike Curlin as well. He wants to know when will you stop sucking at roster construction and <laughs> and life in general, really. Yeah, oh, he, wow. And learn how to manage risk on a team. Whoa. Oh
0: god. This this stems again to that whole wanting to take a shot on one team last year. But then in the mean, in the meantime, this year's all I've been preaching is avoiding every injury risk, including like, guys, like we talked about tonight, scene, and whatnot. So, it's just funny. I, I mean, he's taking some jabs. It's it's Dave. He's awesome. Well, sorry. I, I meant to say awful. Um <laughs> <laughs> In all seriousness, though, um, I don't remember the question because obviously. When it was just a will troll. you stop
1: sucking at roster construction? <laughs> and life,
0: and life, <laughs> and life. <laughs> that was the best one. <laughs> um, I mean, dude, you're just—if you, you suck at life, you suck at life. You can't fix that, man. I'm trying, <laughs> <laughs> my life—I'm just—I'm just—I'm I'm just a sucky person. I don't know what to say to that. I got nothing,
1: Dave. You uh, stung me, my friend. What? Thank you for that <laughs> question, though. <laughs> well listen at least you said you're trying right you know that's all you gotta do in life you gotta try you gotta you gotta put your best foot forward <sighs> the only you're only being to too do. kind rob you're being too kind just
0: let me suck all right let me sit in my little window here in this in this little video we're doing suck all right just let me do it
1: oh man awesome well that's it everyone's done for the night no more questions you guys are off the hook um i appreciate you guys coming on with me though and and hanging out um talking some baseball i think everyone's gonna like this and are gonna pull some a lot of uh, good info out of this episode especially the final part where i suck <laughs> <laughs> cool man so um yeah so thanks for coming out you guys want to plug your stuff one one more time what do you say sure go ahead go go
2: uh you can find me on twitter at spstreamer uh check out our website spstreamer.com and definitely check out our podcast next week because we actually have a big surprise for everyone and i love leaving all everybody in a little cliffhanger but
1: you'll see i just want to throw out there too, your 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 discord uh your, your little me- your your little chat yeah, our membership it, it, it's really it, it it's really cool man it's really awesome it's just Thank like you. um yeah it, it it's just like a another it's like a constant little like um uh like class like a fantasy class that is. that's the way i'm looking at it so like it's like a like a, a constant thread of 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 just like you know digesting information and throwing stuff back and forth so it's really cool it's um definitely something that um i aspire to do one day as well it's re- it's really cool i think you're i think you're developing something special in yeah
2: i feel pretty lucky because especially recently it's grown a lot and right. we have you know you're welcome we have. Only- <laughs> We have almost like sixty people in there at this point. You guys point. gotta
1: just come for the emojis alone. They don't even know. Oh,
2: dude. it's, it's my created some fun emojis, you know. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, we've been trying to put more work in there too. We're going through a couple of rankings with breakdowns. Yeah. We're any you kind see, of news You can see I'm my putting, text
0: messages from Mike. Any kind of uh, <laughs> any
2: kind of news, you know, we're putting in there too to discuss and um, yeah, any kind of draft prep. I'm throwing stuff in there too, kind of randomly, but. It's a good we, time there. We we joke around a lot, but I feel like we also learn a lot from each other, which is awesome.
1: Definitely. Totally
0: yeah. agree with that. And last and certainly least, you can follow I'm, <laughs> I'm Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore curland. Basis loaded pod, better than SP streamer pod. Give it a listen. <laughs> always a good time. Always a good always have good guests, you know, just just Just, yeah, that's all I got. No, bro, as always, I appreciate, Rob, I just appreciate you having me on, buddy. This was a great time. And Mike, as always, man, love love to talk, love
1: talking with you as well. You're absolutely right. it was a good time i know it's been like a couple of like you know actually like more than six weeks in the making you know everyone was just like b- busy at the wrong time for each other so it was yeah. cool it was finally uh good to sit down and um and and do this and rock and roll so again um thank you for coming on guys and uh we'll do it again soon definitely get a nice little pre-season um pod together also you know right before some draft time so we can really give the people some up-to-date advice on their draft all righty guys have a good night and uh we'll speak soon all righty guys that will conclude this episode of the poor podcast thank you again for tuning in love you guys all seriously keep listening i very much appreciate it i'm gonna keep pumping our content here And um, with that, enjoy this holiday season. Be nice to everybody, right? Just don't be a bag of shit. It's not that hard to not be a bag of shit. Okay, good night. Talk to you guys later.